When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. The Unholy Trinity podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton podcast. Welcome to episode 78 of the Unhosted podcast, brought to you in association with FanHub, where the fans come first. I'm delighted to say we've been joined by a former guest, regular, you might say. Uh, that's that's Callum Wyatt. Callum, how are you getting on, mate? I'm sure you're uh, in, a, in a good mood after watching what you just watched on Sky Sports. Yeah, not too bad. Um, great to be back on with yourselves. Um, getting tough with this lockdown now, isn't it? It's <laughs> going on forever. <laughs> It certainly is, mate. It certainly is. Um, hopefully, you know, we see a bit of movements from for, for lockdown and, and a bit of movement to get to get back into the grounds again in the yeah. in the near future. A um, bit more positivity on the horizon, that's for sure. Uh, but since since we all last spoke, obviously we we got together after a, a really poor performance against Newcastle, and we um, Pete's been on a bit of a sabbatical. Have you, Pete? Pete's been uh, gone holiday when in lockdown. Where have you been, Pete? Backyard. <laughs> Don't lie, Pete. You've just come back from Barbados, mate. Look at that tan. Yeah, got, got a tan from the backyard. Yeah, so so Pete's been on, on a on a sabbatical. Um, they were doing some proper work, unlike ourselves. Um, we, we can spare a lot of time for this podcast every single week. But Pete does an important job, and we don't. Um, well, great to, great to have you back on the show, Pete. It's, it's lovely to see your face once again. Um, but it's 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 great that we can speak now with a bit, a bit more with a bit more positivity because after the Newcastle game, as I said before, poor performance. You know, there's a lot of doom and gloom. And, and I said early on in the week, you know, it's this season. I think it's important not to get too hung up on defeats because it's such a strange season. And let let's pick up with with the, with the Leeds game because, you know. We we thought Lee, I know me and you discussed it on the show last week um, when Frank was on, and we we thought you know we could go there and we could certainly win the game, and it was probably one of one of our our better performances of the of the season, would you say? Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd say so. I think Carlo demanded a reaction after that horrendous performance against Newcastle, and he had every right. That's that's one of the you know we called it last week. It's one of the angriest sort of times we've seen him with the club really wasn't it I mean he, you know we basically casually walked into that Newcastle game expecting just to walk over him and obviously you know Newcastle being Newcastle just turned up decided that they wanted to play on the front foot when they'd been playing obviously pretty much every other game sitting off and then Callum Wilson got his customary couple of goals against us so we needed a reaction against Leeds and one thing Leeds, Leeds will always give you is that they'll give you a game they almost the way they play it almost like 
entices you to play that way as well, almost like to take them on because they play with such intensity. You know, they're just constantly running. I mean, they're such a fit side. I mean, obviously Bielsa, I mean, I love him as a coach. Every team he's been at tends to play the same way. Um, and, you know, that, that, that was almost the type of game we needed, didn't it? If we'd have played against like a West Brom or a Brighton and it would have been, you know, where we would have had to maybe take it to them, you know, it possibly could have been not the result we were looking for. But, that, you know, the way the game panned out, um, I thought we, I thought it was one of our best games of the season, like you said, yeah. Um, I thought we turned up on the day. I thought we played really well. I thought he got the formation right. I thought he got the tactics right. A bit worried about Gilfie starting. Uh, but then you can understand why, in a way. Uh, obviously, he bagged, he bagged as well. So, yeah, in terms of the game, um, like I said, it was, it was just the game we needed, really, against a, sort of a, a really intense lead side, wasn't it? Mm. And do you agree with that, Callum, in terms of Lee's, Lee's assessments? You know, we, it was a it was a good performance. Um, you know, Gilfie, Gilfie Sigurdsson back on the side. He goes, he seems to go from game to game, doesn't he, Sigurdsson, where one week he, he's looking all right and then the, the week after he's getting getting slated again. But it was nice to see Sigurdsson pop up in the box and score a goal as opposed to scoring a penalty. You know, that, that's, that's his usual, usual thing. But for him to actually come into the box pretty late, you know, we see the three defenders in there. Great ball from Luca Dean, by the way. And it was lovely to see Sigerson just just putting in from sort of four or five yards out. Yeah, I think surprised us really with Sigerson because obviously a lot of fans don't like him and obviously think he's on too much money. And he should go, and he's not had great seasons with us. Um, but Carlos seems to really rate him in terms of obviously giving the captaincy armband sometimes if someone else isn't playing, um, and and trusts him a lot. And I think the reason why he does trust him. I think, I know he does a lot of finger pointing and stuff, but I think tactically in midfield, he, he understands things, he understands instructions, um, and he carries them out, um, whatever Carlo tells him to do. So I wasn't really surprised to see him start. Um, and, I, and I said before the game that I, I didn't think James would play. Um, I didn't think James would have that, that that wasn't a game for him. He would have got kicked all over the place um, and just one from definitely to sit out. Um, but in same as Sigurdsson, you know, he, he gets stuck in in that game and he had to I think in that game it's one of them ones where you can't hide because they're throwing in so many tackles it's such high tempo if you're not pulling your weight it's going to show massively as you're the weak point in the team so I think it was fantastic and I thought Mina was outstanding in that game by the way I thought he was top draw and Godfrey as well I think there were some there were some real standout performances on uh, on Wednesday against Leeds uh, which, which we'll come on to shortly but a piece of it comes to you Great to see Calvert-Lewin, wasn't it? Back again in the Premier League after a little bit of a, a bagging spell. Obviously, he scored uh, in, in the Cup game uh, against Sheffield Wednesday. But great to see Calvert-Lewin doing what he does. Another goal in the six-yard box. Obviously, if we include the, the goal against United as well, I think that's eight goals now in the Premier League he scored in the six-yard box. Exactly what Carlo was trying to get him to do when he was discussing him and uh, a certain Inzaghi um, a few months ago. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's sort of nice to see him get the goals back, isn't it? I think a few of the naysayers were maybe thinking, he, you know, he sort of had a fortunate run and the goals were going to run out and he was going to struggle again. Um, and I think for a little while, maybe you could see it mentally in his performances a little bit. There were a couple of shots that he was he was just maybe trying to force it. Um, a couple of times he didn't quite make the right decision. I think that one against Leeds where Richarlison came on the overlap on the left and he sort of cut inside and tried to bend it on the right. For me, 
at the height of his confidence, Calvert-Lewin just knocks that to the side because he's got the confidence and the patience. The chances are going to come and he'll stick them away. So I think the fact he's probably got those um, those couple of goals now, will, I think, will likely settle him down again. Or well, that, That's what I hope. Because at the height of his form, everything just seemed to fall for him. But that's not coincidence. I think a lot of that's yeah, confidence and patience and just playing the simple pass, playing the right pass. So you could see he was really eager to get back amongst the goals. So I'm chuffed that he has, and he deserves it because it's it's hard work, it's endeavour, it's being in the right positions, doing the right things. I think I, am I right in saying I, I read he's got the most outfield goals excluding pens in the Premier League this season. He's he's top of the scoring. So I think with 30, uh, if you take penalties out of the equation, yeah, yeah, that's really impressive, isn't it? Really yeah. impressive, especially for him. Missed a few games as well, hasn't he? I was about to say, especially because he's missed a few, and also the fact that you know, let's have it right, probably since December onwards, you know, we've 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 been playing quite a pragmatic style of footy compared to you know, sort of open, expansive footy at the start of the season. So, mm. um, yeah, credit to him, credit. I think he's improved a lot of parts of his game. I think obviously Carlo's been working with him very closely. You can see his movement now in the box is phenomenal, isn't it? He's, he's really improved. really improved his movement uh, in around the box. He took his goal brilliantly. Um, uh, you know, at the back stick there, just peeling off. Um, but yeah, the, look, he's still not the finished article. Should have put the game to bed, shouldn't he? Second half. I mean, that's a really yeah. good chance. A chance he's made there. a great. He's made a great run. Um, you know, um, the lads lost him, hasn't he? He's a great run now. You know, and it's a brilliant ball to him as well. He's just got to dink it there. Uh, and we'll come on. He's on the floor. Keep Keeper's gone down, yeah, hundred percent, mate. He's just got to dink it. I mean, a top four. Look, he's still a young lad. He's still learning. But you know, if you're going to be critical, you know, he scores that. We have a, yeah. we have a far easier last few minutes. And then same with the United game as well, didn't he? he had, you know, another. We'll come on onto that in a second. But he had another one on one again. You know, right at the end of the first half, didn't he? He dragged it wide. So you know, he's still got other parts of his game to improve. But um, yeah, I think Dom Dom um, starting to look as sharp as he did earlier on in the season, isn't he? Yeah. Definitely. The funny thing is with, with Calvert Lewin is, and, and I made reference to this last night um, on, on social media. I saw a lot of people, even after that Leeds game, were giving him a lot of stick. And there was people saying, you know, he's never going to be good enough for us to lead the line consistently for a number of years. We need to get him goals and get someone else. And th- the point I was making was rewind, just rewind about sort of 13, 14 months, you know, so before sort of big dunk sort of took over for a short period of time. And Carlo comes in. Look at the progression the kid has made in that time. And we were saying ourselves, if you, if you think back to, to when we were recording back then, we were saying, can you really turn, you know, a, a young central midfielder as he was into a striker in terms of he's never going to have that kind of striker instinct. His movement isn't quite there. He's, you know, the, when you see him now pop up in, in the right positions in the box because his movement is so good. We were saying, well, is he ever going to get to that particular point? He scored 17 goals this season. 17 goals when we're just over halfway through. You know, obviously a few cup games thrown in there as well. That is some return for someone who, who people think, even now, is not good enough. And, and like, you, like you rightly said, you know, you mentioned obviously we play a bit more pragmatic probably since, you know, December time. We're not playing this open, expansive football where we're saying to teams, well, you score two, we'll score five, that kind of mentality. Totally different style now. And OK, he's had a bit of a bagging spell, but he's back now. He's back scoring goals. And that's 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 the thing. And people need to realise he is still only, you know, pretty young. He's still learning his, his trade. 
And the progression he's made in the last 13, 14 months for me is, is, is as good as anyone you will, you'll see in, in our side. And people just need to sort of take that on board. Um, I don't know what, what, what are your thoughts on that, Callum? Do you, do you think that's, that, that's correct? Or are people I, being fair assessment thinking he's not good enough? I've always been a fan of Calvert-Lewin. Um, from when I like, early on when he was playing for and he was getting loads of stick. And I think we played, we played Arsenal um, at home. I think we beat them. I think we beat them 1-0. And I think Calvert-Lewin let the line on his own and he absolutely battered Mustafi um, and David Luiz in that game. And I came off that game and I was like, listen, I don't want to hear again that Calvert-Lewin's a championship forward because he's not. If you get quality players around him and provide him, obviously he needs work, provide him a chance he will, he will score goals. You know, look under Marco Silva, he was never going to reach the heights that he's reached now. You know, he was making runs in wide areas. He wasn't staying central. When the ball was coming to him, he was knackered because he was doing all the running. The quality of chance he was getting weren't good. You look at now, what Carlos made him into, you know, he's made him into an instinctive striker. You look at him in the box now, and he's looking like, he said himself, making them little late runs, them blindside runs, peeling off to the back post, knowing and anticipating where the ball is going to be. So, you know, Carlos takes massive you know, props for making the players into now, and for me, who you gonna buy? Who gonna come in and, and do what he's done? Every striker's gonna have a run of games that he don't score. But he's still contributing to the team. So as long as we're winning games and he's playing well, there's there's no issue. You know, he, he fights for every ball. He's not one of them strikers who, you know, goes missing in games and starts sulking, like Richarlison is at the moment, which I'm, is doing my head to be honest. But you know, he's he's always given under ten percent, isn't he? Um and for me, he's a top striker. I mean, one of the benefits of not signing a striker, you know, since Lukaku left, is allowed Calvert-Lewin to develop and play more games than he probably ordinarily would have. Yeah. And there's not many teams do that in the league. How many teams? How many teams can we name in the league that have got a forward leading the line at his age? Last couple of seasons, do you know what I mean? Most yeah. teams like to buy a sort of proven centre forward, don't they? Yeah. Look at United now. You know, they signed Cavani at the age of 34. He's yeah. keeping the younger lads out of the team. Um, and obviously it, it looks like it's going to be a good signing for him but they're probably only going to get a season maybe two out of him so yeah. you know credit 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 to Everton there you know for you know for giving him that chance really for seeing that there's a player there All, it's not just Carlo that's seen as a player there other managers have as well haven't they yeah so he obviously, you know, he's obviously proven his worth in trainings at that so yeah, credit where it's due. Uh, I just wanted to ask as well mate um, what did you think of uh, Gomez's performance mate I thought Gomez was a uh, He's outstanding, wasn't he? I mean, obviously, he's been getting a load of stick off of large sections of the fan base. Obviously, we've been, uh, you know, trying to stay by his side after that horrific injury. And that. A lot of people say, what's he doing? We've had that chat with Phil on the other week and things like that. So, what do you think, mate? I know you've got a smug smile on your face there now. So, <laughs> no, it's, it's important, you know. It, it's, it's one of those with, with Andre Gomez. You know, it's great to see a performer. I thought he was excellent against Leeds. I thought he had, he had, a, he had a great game. And it's, you know, Carl alluded to it, didn't he? It, this is that's the Andre Gomez that we that we should be seeing. That's the Andre Gomez that that we like. We we know. We know. Let, let's get it right. People can can sit there and say, and this this drives me nuts. This this could get in the top bin. I say, yeah. Well, tell you what, one one uh, one week this will be getting in the top bin, and people because I think he said it already about you know. Um, about what does he do and things like that, but with Gomez, people always say, "Oh, you know, because he's got a he's a nice looking fella," and as mm. you know, he smells fantastic and you know wears lovely leather jackets. We we all know that, but people seem to think because because of that side of, of him, 
he, he gets a bit of it or had got a bit of a free pass. And I think what people do sometimes is that they, they let that cloud of judgments as well, you know, in terms of they go the, the other way because they think that people just think, oh, yeah, they, they like him because he's, he's a nice-looking fella and what have you. Uh, they go off, off the deep end with him. We know he's not being consistent. We, we, and we also know the reasons why he's not being consistent. Let's get it right. Ancelotti's alluded to it in terms of since he's come back from injury and he was still working his way back to fitness only sort of a few weeks ago. Carlo, Carlo said it in a, in a press conference. And you look at how he's performed. You know, he's done it in, in bit parts this season off the bench a lot of the, lot of the time. Look at how he performed against Leeds. I thought he was, he was very, very good. Against United yesterday, I thought he was very, very good. Don't question this player's technical ability because he's got bags of it. He's got bags of it technical, uh, technical ability. Look at that ball for Luca Dean for that first goal, by the way. Inch perfect. Great ball. Because and people always question what's he got on his locker? What does what does he actually do? And for me, it's a nonsense. I'm not saying Andre Gomez, by the way, is an absolute world beater. But Andre Gomez is a very good technical player. And within the right side, with the right manager, I think which, which is what we're seeing now, he will do a good job. And he's not a player. People do these these wish lists of players that they want to move on. And, you know, probably for the whole of this season, I've seen those people say, oh, yeah, get rid of Gomez, get rid of Gomez, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll say when he has a good game, but even so, get rid of Gomez. And it's just a nonsense for me. You know, just ju- just judge someone on their own merit. But cut him a little bit of slack. That's all we've ever asked for, is cut him a bit of slack because of what he's been through and the fact it takes a long time to recover from it. So, I'm, listen, I'm delighted the fact that he's he's come through that game the United game as well, looking looking very good, looking fit, looking strong, fantastic for me, absolutely fantastic. So yeah, I will be a little bit smug at the moment, you know. But I just hope that Andre Gomez keeps keeps this up, keeps the people, you know, the, the naysayers away from his door, and through some all those people, what he can do for the club because I I think I think it's great, and you want you want his quality in and around that side for me. I don't know, Pete, you on board? You on board with me? Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, look at how many important goals he's been involved in this season. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you mentioned that the pass to to Dean for Leeds, start of the season against Palace, we sprayed it out to Coleman. The cross um, in the Bulls game. The cross yeah, got the Michael Keane. Yeah, smashed yeah. it across on his in left. the cup as well, didn't he? In the cup, he assisted yeah. with his left foot. Carl yeah. Lewin backstick. So his um, quality is un- undeniable. But again, again, I, th- I think people have this sort of romantic fantasy of what a, a central midfielder is. Like they expect him to be picking it up at the uh, sort of the edge of the box and running the length of the pitch with it. Um, you know, football's changed. You don't that you don't really get that from midfielders anymore. Uh, or smash it in from thirty yards. Again, the, the game's a little bit different now. He's a different type of player, and he's recovered from a horrendous injury. You know. And gone through how many managers? Three managers. Yeah, not everyone's Kevin De Bruyne, are they, mate? You know what I mean. So I, I, I personally think you know if he's starting to show glimpses of who he, who he was in that in that first spell with us, which is the reason why we signed him. Do you know what I mean? So he's starting to show. Carlo clearly rates him by his comments after the game. Uh, very, very complimentary. But again, look, classic Carlo, great man management as well. Putting the arm around him at the right time after he's put in a good performance, he knows exactly what he's doing there with that. Um, and I think Carlos, if you were to ask him what's his first choice midfield, it'll be that midfield that started against uh, against Tottenham first game of the season. Um, I think he probably, if you were to ask him that, you know, in that current squad, that would be his, his first choice. But well, you'd uh, say we've got the best out of Gomez when he's he's had a Drissigarni Gay alongside him. Yeah, cover. He's not he's not great defensively. Anyone's running at him 
or you know, he, he's not the best tackler in the world, doesn't smell danger, he's not that type of player, is he? Um, you're asking him to do a more defensive role, it's a bit more difficult. I mean, obviously, I know he played a little bit deeper against Leeds uh, and his passing stood out, his strength stood out, he, he, he protected the ball well. It's interesting what we did. We just went, I mean, Callum, you'll know this on the tactical side of it. We, we pretty much we played slightly differently against compared to Leeds at Goodison, didn't we? So we gave um, the, the young lad in midfield uh, an absolute, he had a field day at Goodison Park, didn't he? Calvin Phillips, Calvin Phillips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and obviously yeah, he, he, he had all the time in the world to spray it around the pitch. Yeah. In that game, uh, Ellen Road, we pretty much just went man for man, wasn't it? It was literally like one-on-one -on -one everywhere across the pitch going, right, we're just going to run as much as you. Yeah. You, have a, you have an attack, we'll have an attack. And, um, you know, getting that first goal was obviously crucial. It was a great goal, like you said, Mike. Great pass by Gomez, lovely ball by Dean. OK, bad defending. They didn't react, but still, it's a great ball in. Um, and then, obviously, we got the second. Um, but then, obviously, classic Everton, isn't it? We're going in two and a half time, thinking, right, get the third here. We'll see this out. Three minutes in. And uh, I don't know. You know, it's interesting what he's done because he's played Mina, isn't he? I thought Mina overall had a very good game. He's played Mina and um, um, Godfrey in the middle there. Yeah. Obviously, Holgate on the right. And then, obviously, he's rested. He's changed it again, hasn't he? Um, to try and obviously rotate against United. Yeah. But I thought, um, I don't want to pick on him too much, but I thought, you know, Holgate, poor for the goal there, wasn't he? Poor for the goal. He should never be, he'd never be you know, losing the ball in that part of the pitch there. And it was a soft goal to give away. And it got them back in the game when we didn't really need it, did we? The third one. No, yeah, the third one, yeah, to make it two one when it when he obviously was flicking it up, trying to clear it, and then Bamford flicked it off. Oh no, it wasn't Bamford, it was the uh, the other lad flicked it off his feet to Bamford who laid it off to Rafinha, didn't he? Yeah. Um so yeah, it was a very soft goal. Uh, but I thought, you know, Everton of old there, because Leeds put it on his end for a good sort of five, ten minute spell. And obviously Olsen, I mean, Mike, you know, you're a keeper. I mean, you know, he's he's done absolutely incredible there with that triple save, hasn't he? Uh, you know what's mad though from that triple save though what annoyed me is the ball's being played back to him and you could have mm. topped it up the pitch and he's tried mm. to play a little one to the to might have been Davis or whoever was on at the time might have been Gomez he's played it short we've lost yeah. it and then he's got Davis, yeah. save so we had a three great save but that was that was unavoidable um, and it was a stupid pass by Olsen I hate when keepers do that because as a keeper it's like they can see the whole of the pitch so they can see everything so that so the the way and everything up thinking if I get the ball now, what am I gonna do with it? I think Pickford's the same. I think Pickford's terrible at making them decisions sometimes. Um, but now he just obviously goes long when he does play. But for me, if you're seeing that they're locking on to all your players, playing them balls there, it's just no good. Because if your player has a bad touch, they're in because you, you, your defenders are split wide. So for me that was sort of yeah, great saves, but that was unavoidable and it could have cost us that as well, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, but some keepers are really good with their feet. I mean, look, Allison today, you know, he's, he's class, isn't he? You know what I mean? So, um, but no, but I know what you mean. He, did, he, he could have just he could have just launched it, couldn't he? Um, but, uh, I mean, Mike, look, you're a former keeper, mate. I mean, that, those saves, you impressed with that? You've just gone from Mike, you're a keeper, to Mike, you're a former keeper in about 30 <laughs> seconds, Dick. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I've, I've retired in the last minute. Uh, but no, it, it's it, it's it, yeah, the, the, the saves are very good, and, Obviously, I totally agree with what Callum's saying there. That the, the, that first decision to, to try and play that ball short was wrong. Um, he's not great with his feet, Olsen. That's, that's one thing Pickford certainly has got over. Olsen is, is he's much better with his feet. Uh, like you say, go long. But the, the important thing is there as a keeper, concentration. So he's made a mistake, but he's concentrated. That first save is exceptional. Exceptional save. 
his weight's going, it's totally going the other way there, and he shifted himself back. He's up, so he gets to get the second one, which which was you know we literally get Scott out of the way and, and palms that away, makes a third save, and then makes a fourth save. You know about sort of ten, fifteen seconds later as well, with, with a little deflection from Holgate. So he's he, yeah, he's done well there. Obviously, we're going to come on to Wilson as performance at United shortly, but yeah, yeah, he had a decent game. He, he looked he looked solid enough, um, but I think. I think it helped as well. I think it's it's important. We know how well Godfrey's been doing the, the road runner. Just takes the mick, doesn't he, in terms of the, his, his recovery patient. But also, we were starting out from the back, wasn't he, with the ball? Just just looks like it, like a Rolls yeah. Royce of a, of a defender for me. But one player, before we discuss the United game, Yanni Mina, you know, we, we've been critical at times this season and, and last season as well in terms of Mina because of his price tag. Um, he came in, he was quite injury prone, wasn't he? Yeah. But a staff from the game, you know, Yeri Mina made 11 clearances, um, which included the most header clearances from an Everton player in the Premier League for three years, which, I mean, it's, it's his bread and butter, isn't it? You know, we know good he is in the air. He's a big lad. Um, but I thought he was exceptional. I thought, you know, Yeri Mina is fastly becoming, for me, one of the first names on the team sheet. You know, as long as you've got the right partner alongside him, because yeah. I'm, I'm still a little bit sort of funny with him having a, a distinct lack of pace. I think he's done very well. I think he's shown a lot more consistency, especially in, in recent weeks. Um, and it's great to see him, um, Callum, sort of show that consistency. And, and he's probably now, I think, maybe maybe warming more to, to the job that he's got under Carlo Ancelotti. Yeah, I think, you know, what we've seen about critics in terms of Mina, I think when he first came and obviously played on the, on the, on the Marco Silva, I was very critical of him. Um, I thought more so at his position, positioning games let him down massively but I think now I think obviously with the lack of pace that he does have I think his position when we in that transition when we lose the ball he's in better positions now he's reading the game better and he's getting a lot more ahead of clearances um, and he's looking the part the thing I like about him now as well is he's making better decisions on the ball whereas when he used to play he was sort of his passing wasn't great but now he'll recognise okay do I pass it or do I travel and you see him a lot more now See that a pass is none, and you'll just travel and get someone to engage with him, and then he'll pop her off into the space, and we'll play around that player. Um, but again, that's probably come from obviously Carlo Ancelotti in terms of his man management, in terms of how he wants him to play. Um, but I think you're right in terms of partnerships. I, I don't think if you're going to play a back four, I think Mina and Keane are sort of two samey samey. I think you've got to have a Godfrey Mina or a Godfrey um, Keane or. Colgate or vice versa in that central position. I think that's why I think Mina was obviously really tired from the Leeds game, but I think to play Mina and Keane the United game would have been really difficult for us. I think he's got a real choice, Carlo, now at centre back. Yeah, With all the positions on the pitch now. You know, yeah. uh, that's where that's where we're our, where we're strongest. Isn't it? it went from almost being our weakest point now being back on the pitch. <laughs> Exactly, and and all you know, all of them are competing with each other for two places, aren't they? You know, if, yeah. if we're playing a back four, like you said, so you know, and they've all got slightly different attributes. If, you know, we've been playing a lot of a low block, haven't we, uh, in the last couple of months? And obviously, that yeah. suited Keane and Mina to play that. You know, no space in behind. But you are right. If we want to suddenly play like we did against Leeds, a little bit higher, okay, yeah. we've got Penn back in the second half a little bit. Then you can play. You can afford to play a Godfrey because that's what Godfrey gives you, doesn't he? He gives you that pace. Yeah. So you know, if, if the ball does get flipped in over the top, or the guy's trying to run off the shoulder, then he's going to get back. So 
you know, they're, they're good problems for them to have. You know, that's what we want ultimately all over the pitch, don't we? We want obviously two players competing for every position. Like you said, we've got four centre backs now. Yeah. So um, it'd be interesting to see what he does because um, obviously he, he rested Mina against United and then uh, brought Keane back in. It'd be interesting to see what he does uh, in the next couple of games because we've got pretty congested fixture list now with the City game coming back in, haven't we? Oh, yeah. Nightmare that is. The price in the middle of the um, Tottenham on the Fulham, isn't it? And the Liverpool game as well. So there'll be a lot of a lot of chopping and changing. I think but hopefully you can keep, keep the players fresh and, and make the right decision in terms of formations and, and personnel. Mm-hmm. I mean, you saw about formations there and let, let's then let them move forward then to, to the United game because we, we saw Carlo mentioned in his press conference he was going to make changes and we're going to see some rotation. We mentioned there, obviously, Yerry Mina missed out. Um, some people were a bit shocked by that, but he, he's played consistently and played a lot of football in, in the last sort of four to six weeks, that's for sure. Um, and, and Carlo set up Pete, didn't he? It was, we, we were trying to read it because the, the way it looked initially was, oh, it's going to be Hammers on the right-hand side and we've all got reservations because, you know, as a defender, Hammers has not got any kind of defensive responsibility. So going to Old Trafford, that would have surprised us. But what surprised us more was what Carlo actually did. And it was quite clever because he played Hammers as sort of top of the diamond with his two strikers in Richardson in, in and, and Calvert-Loom playing, playing quite wide. And it was quite a, quite a shrewd move, wasn't it, early on for Carlo to actually go in there and do that? Yeah, no, definitely. I think we were all relieved when, um, obviously, kickoff went and we saw the shape was different. I think when we played them at uh, Goodison and Hammers was on the right, Luke Shaw bobbing past him, just had a field day. Um, they caused us all kinds of problems. So I think prior to the game, I, I was, you know, like Callum said against Leeds, I was thinking, is, is he even going to start with Hammers? Is he going to go with quite like a high-energy counter-attacking team, uh, mm-hmm. maybe with a Wobie or, you know, depending on Josh King's fitness and how much time he's had with the squad, might he go with King? Um so it was, yeah, it was nice to see his adaptability again. I know we've said with Ancelotti, it's probably the thing that's been a standout quality compared to other managers we've had and younger managers. And it caused United problems. I think it took them a while to work us out, really. For the first 15, 20 minutes, we played some really nice stuff in midfield. I think he was you know, clearly trying to overload it. And there were some neat exchanges. I thought Tom Davies, in particular, first 10 minutes, exceptional. One of the best performances I, I think I've seen from him um in a while you know really solid his positioning was good he didn't get pulled out too much didn't give the ball away um but i think as as time went on they started to i think press us um quite high up and we struggled to get out the struggle to move the ball up the pitch and when we did we were just giving the ball straight back and it was getting recycled back in and i think when it came to the goals i mean i know we'll we'll work through them one at a time but i think the first one in particular you've got to be really disappointed that a midfielder doesn't come out and just stop that cross from coming in because they had so much time on the ball to put it in. I know I know, on Sky they were bloody going on about what a great cross it was, but look, you give any professional footballer that amount of time from that position, they're going to put in a cracking cross. So I think for us it was a cross that we should have stopped. Um, but yeah, thankfully in the second half we... I don't know how we seem to completely turn it around. I thought the game was gone at 2-0. I remember whinging to, to you boys on the um, on the message saying, well, that's it now. And I was looking ahead to um, to the Fulham match. The thing is, though, Pete, you know, in terms of what you were saying, you, I, I understand why you said it, because 
we started the game pretty well. And we, I think we all said, you know, we're, we're looking, looking okay here, aren't we, in terms of that. It's, it's a good setup. It's, it's quite clever. You know, the, the Sky commentators, like to Gary Neville, was, was alluding to the fact that this is this is clever, this from Ancelotti. He's doing something here to, to sort of confuse United and make it difficult for the centre-halves. And, you know, there was how, how many times did we see Carlo was going mad, wasn't he? Because Richardson was making that run down the left and acres of space. And we just weren't going to him. And we, we, were, we were playing it. After those first sort of 10, 15 minutes, we were playing it too safe. And even Hammers going back, just playing the ball across the back, you know, and then it was dropping. We'd have sometimes we had the free kick in there at half, and it ended up at Alton's feet. And then either end up hoofing it, and then we lose the ball. And it was, you know, it, it was it was so disappointing to concede that goal in that manner because I didn't think, without threatening them too much, Lee, we, we were saying this, weren't we? We didn't cause them too much of an issue early on but tactically the setup was right so when we conceded that goal to then sort of revert back to a type and not stick to the game plan you know things that were working early on was disappointing to see I think from from the players point of view yeah I thought I thought Carlos tactics were absolutely spot on uh you know and uh you know playing with split strikers both running the channels obviously uh um, Hammers playing at the front of a diamond ahead of a diamond and it caused them, like you said before, Pete, it caused them real problems. You know, they, they couldn't really work us out. Even the commentators were saying themselves that, you know, United are struggling to actually get, you know, get any of the ball in midfield here. So we were winning that midfield battle. We didn't create a great deal. We had a couple of little moments. But we didn't create enough. You know, we had a shout for a handball, didn't we? And uh, and, and things like that. But we, we, we didn't really create. But we looked comfortable. They didn't look comfortable. They couldn't get Bruno on the ball. They couldn't get Cavani on the ball. They couldn't get Rashford on the ball. So it was working. And then basically, what what changed all is, is the goal. The goal changed everything. You know, the core the who had a really good game in the end, but he gave gave the ball away sloppily, didn't he? In our half, then it worked the way out wide, and it came back. It came back to Rashford, and like like Pete said, there he's got all the time in the world. And look, Cavani. I mean, you know, he, three or four years ago, he was one of the best strikers in the world. You know, his movement is absolutely top notch, and he's pulled off. I mean, Keane will be disappointed there, as as will Hull getting away. That like the fact that they, they should they should have had him really, but combination of great movement off the ball and a great cross, and then that knocked the stuffing out of us. Then you could physically see it, and all of a sudden, you know, we went from being look look we're in the game here to suddenly almost kind of like that sort of mentality shift of Everton of old a little bit of just like oh no here we go we're in Old Trafford now and, and we're one nil down let's just try and you know keep it safe and. You know, Hammers was dropping so deep, purely, I think, out of frustration because no one was getting on the ball and wanting to sort of play it. So he was almost dropping almost in, in, into a sort of number six position, wasn't he, trying to pick up the ball? So, yeah, we, we were victim of our own downfall a little bit there. And I agree with Carlo's comments after the game, though. I, I don't think that first half was still 2-0. United only still had two shots on target. And obviously the Fernandez goal combination of it being a great strike and poor goalkeeping and obviously Tom Davis giving him sort of like 10 yards of space. You saw Dean's reaction. He, you know, Bruno picks it up. We all know he's got quality. Um, I like the fact that Davis left a few on him, by the way, in the game, certainly, certainly in that first half, because he needs it. You can't give that guy time. But then the only time we did give him a bit of time on the ball and he obviously he goes, he goes to cross it, changes his mind and then I said to you, Mike, didn't I? It was reminiscent very much like the Tizier. He used to score four or five of those types of goals a season, didn't he? Just basically passed it into the top corner. He doesn't hit it with a load of pace. He just almost like side foot, sort of cross style floater into into the top top bins. And you've got to think Olsen there, really. I know he's probably about three or four yards off his line, but 
what is he, six foot five, six foot six? He'll be disappointed that he didn't save that. He should be tipping that over the bar, really. But um, obviously, you know, Sky can't get enough of Bruno and they're all over it. And to be honest, I just thought 2-0 was very harsh. Because um, I thought, you know, probably maybe 1-0 one, one possibly would have been probably slightly fairer depiction of the first half. And obviously, two seconds later, as I said before, Dom gets put through. He's onside. Wan-Bazak is playing him onside. And he's got to score that, and he really... He's got to score that. He scores that. You're going in with a slightly different mentality. Um, but it's like I said to you, lads. You know, for me, Carlo's biggest job right now, and he, and he and he and you can see a lot of his ideas are working. You can see his tactical genius is coming through in matches. But it's the mentality of those players, isn't it? It's the belief. It's instilling the belief that we can come in here in a, in a stadium like Old Trafford. Okay, there's no fans there, but just come here anyway. Stick our chest out and be right. We're going to beat you here today. We're going to beat you. We're going to we're going to beat you. I'm fed up with this one win in like what is it? I mean, thirty years or twenty years at Old Trafford, you know, and 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 that's almost like a weight on our shoulders, isn't it? Uh, it gets thrown at us all the time. So, Carlo's biggest. I I reckon at half time there, he's grabbed a few of them or, or sat them all down and went right. What are we going to do here, lads? You know what I mean? What are we going to, are we going to show our personalities here or what? And obviously they came out second half, and certainly in those first ten ten minutes. They looked a completely different team, didn't they? It's just about just play about playing football, you know. In in terms of you mentioned there, Carl's obviously said something at half time, and it is it is all about mentality. And there's certainly been a mentality shift. We've alluded to it in the past. Um, you know, in the years gone by, we capitulated and lose that four or five nil. Make make no mistake about that. That happens. So there's there's certainly been a shift in that because we went out second half. And looked like a totally different side. Took the game to them. Good two quick goals. You're back in the game and you're sitting there thinking, go on and win this now. Go on and win it. But that's the that's that's the next level, isn't it? Because we got back into the game there at two all. Great, you know, great, you know, a couple of you know decent goals. Hammer's goal was fantastic, by the way, which we'll come on to in a second. But at that point there, when we got back to two all, it was like right, drop again. So you've you've just done all the hard work. And it was almost as if we're accepting we'll have a two-ball draw. And it's now getting over. And I'm not blaming anyone for that. It, it's it's the way the way it goes. But you now want the players to think, well, OK, we've come back and scored two. We can, we are good enough to beat this United side. 3-4-2. Because the, the quality of our players is there. This, this, the quality has gone up, you know, tenfold since last season. You've got to have then have that belief. Obviously, the likes of Hammers has, has got that belief. Allen, obviously not playing on the day, he's got that belief. I'm sure Richardson has got that kind of belief as well. But the rest of the players have got to believe that you can, like you said, that you can go there and you can, you can inflict a, a defeat on on the United side. Because let's face it, it's not not a bad side. You know they, they haven't done too bad, but not the Man United of you know Alex Ferguson's days. Make no mistake, they, they're a side that can be beaten. And we've seen that this season at Old Trafford already. Um, but that was the thing, wasn't it, Callum? You know, it was if we, if we jump back into the start of the second half, it was good to see and refreshing to see us come out of the blocks quickly and get those two quick goals and, and, and take basically say, listen, we're not going to lie down. We're not going to, you know, roll over and get beat 4-5-0 here. We're going we're gonna to make a game of it because we have got that little bit more belief than we've had in previous years. Yeah. I think just going back to what... Okay, and Peter said as well. I think after that, after that Leeds, I thought for the Leeds game actually, I I, I thought 
Carlo would have set up with the formation that we've gone with in the United game in the Leeds game in the four like the four four two diamond. Um, obviously he didn't. Um, and obviously after the Leeds game it was about what team would he pick? And for me is how can we get James back in this side? Because for all of how good James Rodriguez is, he's not playing for Real Madrid. He's not playing for Bayern Munich, where you've got seventy percent possession of the ball. He's playing for Everton, and he's playing for us in terms of we're going to have maybe 40, 45% possession each United or even even less than that. So it's totally different in terms of how he plays. I was surprised to see him come back in a little bit against United. But in terms of their, their formation, in our formation of 4-4-2 diamond, it's got real... It's a, it's a good formation to play. Um, you can block up that midfield and really control it. But the problem that you've got is, is that when you're playing against a quick team like United... Once they circulate it once and once they circulate it twice, it's very hard to defend against. And I'm just going to go over the first goal because when you've got the, the four in midfield, the space is in the wide area. So the likes of the likes of Luke Shaw um, will get forward. So obviously then is, is um, Carl Bloom going to get back, which he was doing a lot of. But that killed us because then, like you said, when we won the ball, we couldn't get out because we had everyone in the space of 20 yards. So it just kept coming back to us. But for the first goal... Um, it was difficult, and I know that one of you said things was it you Emily about getting pressure on the ball when when it got crossed into Cavani, which I totally agree with. But I think with the, the setup of when I've watched the back, they've isolated Dean in that wide area. So once they've got in that area, it was Bruno, Rashford, and Pesaka against Dean and Gomez who got dragged out. So it was a three v two. And then Davis has dropped into the back line to cover the space in between Dean and the centre-back rather than staying out. So because he hasn't stayed out, Rashford's been able to cross the ball into the, into the back post. So maybe Davis probably had to go there and get out, but it just happened so quick, you know, he couldn't get out. And he's done it for both of the goals at TV2. But like you said earlier, I think if you watch it back, Keane actually sees Cavani in the first build-up phase of it. He sees him. And thinks, okay, I can see him, but I'm going to stay. I'm going to mark space, and it's too late. Then um, Holgate doesn't get goal side. Lawrence to run in, gets the run, and then it's in the back of the net. And we're we're eight yards away from our key before the cross goes in. The cross goes in, and Cavani scores from three yards out. So one, the line's too deep. We don't get around the three v two, and we don't really mark it well um, for, for that first goal. But it's again, it's what happened for the for the second goal as well. Um, in the three between the wide areas, and that's why Carlo at half time had to change it, and that's how we got the got the two goals back early on in the second half. It's amazing what passing the ball forward does, isn't it? I think Carlo used the word too shy, didn't he, in the first half? You know, the second part of the first half, and that's his, you know, basically in his own way of saying that the players weren't brave enough on the ball to yeah. try and play forward. I mean, Mike, you were right. I mean, the amount of times Richie made that run, you know, uh, off 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 the centre back down the channel there. And he was on, wasn't he? And he was on quite a few times. And yeah. he was going nuts, wasn't he? Saying, look, even to Hamez, you know, have anyone on our team who's going to spot a pass, it's him. And he was screaming at him as well, saying, look, just, even, even if you just flip it over the top there, because there's space in behind, yeah. it's, making them, it's making them thinking it. You might not win the first one, you might not win the second one. But then if you keep on playing that ball, he's going to get on the end of one of them. You know, and Calvert-Lewin got on the end of one where it flipped over the top as well. And he was on side, wasn't it? And, he, and, he, and obviously... Unfortunately, the ball wasn't uh, through the centre; it was out th- through to the right hand side. So that was on. That was on all the time. We just, we just didn't. We, you know, sometimes when you're getting pen, 
penned in like we did in the second part of that first half. You know, it is, we've got two quick players there. Certainly, Calvert-Loon's quick. Flip it over the top. You know, get them running after it. You know, get them running back towards their own goal. And then, you know, it's amazing. You know, what a bit of belief, bit of belief does. And and Decore there. I mean, you watch that run. That's a clever run. That it's a nice yeah. move. Lovely ball from Davis inside Maguire. I mean, you know, United for all the attacking talent, they're not great at the back. Lindelof and Maguire are both slow. They both can be got at. And he's made a great run. Uh, obviously, didn't quite pick out the core. But if you look at that run, Shaw's lost him, hasn't he? You know, Shaw's been probably one of the best left-backs in the league the last couple of months. And, you know, yeah. Decore there, you know, that's what we want from him, isn't it? Making those breaks into the box. And, he, uh, you know, he's not only just made a run, he's actually, you know, he's almost seen what's going on. Shaw's got him one minute and then next minute he's made a, a darting run inside him. And then, uh, you know, it's, OK, look, Goalkeeper in error, you know, he's got to do better, De Gea. Um, but, you know, Decore's there to tap it in. I think that's, that's the frustrating thing for me when we're watching the first half and even, even other games. I think Decore, you would watch them at Wofford. Remember that, that run that he went on for Wofford that he scored like every week using like everyone fancy yeah. the team? Because yeah. he's left there. You want, he's the player that you want in the box. He's instinctive. But I think so many times, because Alan has been out, he's having to play so deep. And it, it kills us. Once, once Alan gets back, we need the core doing them late runs into the box, breaking up play and, and driving with the ball. So I think we really missed that. But when that second half, we've, we've narrowed off into that 4-4-2 shape instead um, and being more compact. We, we haven't allowed the 3v2s in the wide areas. But obviously, we've got the core involved in, in the game. And I think that's what disappointed me most as well, daily is that you look at the team sheet for United and you're going, OK, where's the weak points here? Well, up top, they've got Rashford, he's quality. We've got Cavani, quality, Greenwood, different class, Bruno Fernandes, but hell. And then you go into the back line, you're thinking, Lindelof and Maguire, you know, if you can get Richie playing next to Calvert-Lewin there up top or, you know, get balls forward early, that's where you need to get at them, is that back line. And we just didn't do it enough. But, you know, the proof is in it is that we've done that second half. We've got two goals and then the late equaliser by you know, really getting down the sides of them and, and isolating their two centre-backs. And it just took us too long to do that, I think. Um, and we give ourselves a mountain to climb. 100%, mate. Other than maybe wan how many of those back four get in our team? No, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, no. none of them do we? Yeah, I mean, so, that's, that, that, so they can be got at United, definitely. And they scored two good goals. I mean, Mike, obviously, you'll come on to the Hammers one. But, I mean... I mean, what 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 a touch that is! I mean, it's a nice move anyway. The ball gets oh. obviously you know, flipped over the side. The Corey's fired it into him, hasn't he? I mean, yeah. no one's controlling that. No controlling that. Oh, that, yeah, but it's it's not just a touch. It's it, you know he's that good. He's yeah. actually he, he's deliberately you know touched it into the ground because he knows I'm in the box here. There's players yeah. everywhere. I'm gonna have to get a touch and shot off yeah. in seconds here because obviously it's gonna get blocked. And he's got the, he's got it in his head straight. It's so instinctive, isn't it? The ball's flying at him. He's got yeah. right, touch it down, and then that technique, the half volley, just cuts across it, bottom corner. That I mean, he sets himself a... up, doesn't he, with that touch all in oh. one, for controls and sets himself. It's just like unbelievable. Unbelievable. Pete, what do you think of that? Sorry, mate. Come. No, I was just going to say the thing is, you know as well. But when he when he sort of sets that up, as soon as he gets it under control, I knew. Goal straight away, and you were to goal. And I, I, you know, if you think think back over the years, how many times have we been able to sort of have that kind of thought in our head? No. For a particular player, if he gets in and around that position, he's going to score because he's absolutely he's lethal. Hammers, he's absolutely lethal. Yeah, technique spectacular. 
you know. But peace, thoughts on it. Yeah, same. Amen. Beautiful. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was nice. To, it was nice to see him get a lot more time and space on the ball. I mean, I, I was um, saying to a mate of mine, I can't believe how much uh, time United are giving Hammers when when the ball's coming into him, but. I think you have to give Hammers and the tactics a lot of credit. I, I think it was really difficult for him to, for them to pick him up because um, I, I think although at the start of the season, you know, he, he did wonders for us on that right hand side. I think teams quickly worked us out and made it very uncomfortable for him and sort of used it to counter attack us. So I think it's great that you know we've been able to be adaptable with him and now we're seeing him get a lot more time and space on the ball again. I think shame he think... had a knock. Shame he had a knock on it. Um... I think if we were going to create a goal, it was going to come through him. Yeah. Uh, and it's a shame he had a knock. I was wondering, and it's, why is Gilfie coming on from here? But didn't he point to his calf or something? He had a bit of a calf. Yeah, yeah. take calf. Yeah, he had a take calf at half time, apparently, and sort of wanted to go back out and, and give it sort of 15 minutes. And what a 15 minutes it turned out to be in the end. And then, yeah, yeah. Because if anyone else heads in the box there, you'd all find him just sticking in the bottom corner like that with that kind of precision. Um, but then, obviously, you know, disappointing we conceded the third after getting back into the game. Uh, and I still don't think it was a foul, by the way. Oh, no, I'm still no. he, he no. gets the ball. But that's 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 John Moss, or as Lee calls him, the Penguin, um, all all over. Um, yeah. But on, on the goal, you know, Robert, Robin Olsen's coming for a lot, a lot of stick. Um, after almost sort of being, being labelled the second coming of Jesus uh, because Pickford gets so much stick. Um, Olsen's now now in the same boat, and you you, you look at that third goal, and I I watched it. it. was like it was like slow motion, you know. It wasn't a, it wasn't a great header, you know. A feather of his size, he's he's got the reach, he's he's all over it. And then it looks like you know to 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 cut him a little bit of slack. Here, it looks like he just loses his foot, and so it looks like his left foot just goes from underneath him, which is is what causes the the issue. Because otherwise, he catches the ball for me, you know. Um, wasn't his best game, you know. We, we saw before that when he when he palmed, he, he palmed across wide, which was going about five or six yards wide, and he's palming away to go you know, for a corner. Little things like that. We say all the time about Jordan Pickford about needing a goalkeeper who can command his area. It was centre half look at him and think, yeah, this ball comes in now. My keeper's there. He's big. He's shouting for it. I trust him a hundred percent. You see also in there yesterday palming that ball away, and you think, Jesus Christ, you know. A ferry or size, you should you got to know where you are first of all because it's going out for a goal kick, regardless. Yeah, but didn't didn't feel the confidence really. Uh, but I, I do think he was unlucky with that goal. The first goal, maybe I, I think he's been totally outfoxed by by Bruno, totally outfoxed. He set up for it for a cross 100% there. He's taking a little step away from his line, probably one step too many because if he's a little bit further back, he saves it. Uh, he thinks for all the world he's crossing the ball in and he didn't adjust back in time for, for the shot but again a fella of his size has got to do better with that um, but you know fa- fast forward we're all sitting there thinking I'd, I'd written I'd written the full time tweet I was waiting to press tweet when we got that free <laughs> kick I'd written it all good to go all characters used and all that um, disappointing outcome after getting back in the game blah 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 and then Yet again, Johnny on the spot, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, as he's done all season, another goal, six-yard box, pops up. And unfortunately, in this day and age, you start celebrating, and then you have a second thought about, hang on, yeah. VAR, yeah. is it offside? Yeah. Is it on ball? 
United, United players are all bloody cheering for it. But what gave me hope was the way Calvert-Lewin celebrated the goal because he, he knew he hadn't unboard it by the way he went to that corner. And Ben Godfrey certainly he didn't unboard it and it wasn't offside because he was shouting F off to all the United <laughs> players he was complaining. So that gave me a bit of hope. But listen, what, what, what a way, Peter, to you know get a point at Old Safford, whether the fans are there or not. And it should rightly, you know, a bit of stick again from other sets of fans. It should be rightly be celebrated the fact that we've gone there. We scored in stoppage time, decent, decent away points against second in the league, and keeps us in, in the mix for those, those European places. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think the circumstances under which we got the point, it, you know, really needs highlighting. I, I mean, I know Lee said, yeah, the fans weren't there. But to be honest, fans at Old Trafford, it wouldn't make that much of a difference anyway, would it? Um, but to be 2 0 down. <laughs> A half time and get three three second half goals. Um, yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolute credit to the players. And like you said, Mike, I, I do think it represents a, a really big mentality shift. And you know, who knows what was said at half time, but I think between Ancelotti, Duncan, the other backroom staff, they, they've certainly got something right and been able to sort of motivate the players, haven't they? And um, you know, get, get results out of them. But it's it was a great take, wasn't it? It was a great chest down. It really did me head in on on um, on Sky how they they said in the interview to him afterwards. Where did it hit you? And Calvert Lewin yeah. said, "Right here, have another look at it." But you think, what? You, yeah. you know, why have yeah, you yeah. got to do that? And Maguire with his hand up in the air, appealing for anything that that he can get. Um, so yeah. there was a moment where I thought VAR were going to scrutinise it to death and find something to um, to pull the goal away. But you know, it's, it's an unbelievable point, and I think. But probably the best thing about it will be hopefully the momentum for Fulham. That you think we're now going into the Fulham game, thinking we've just come back from two goals down. Um, you know, then then to have the three-two, you know, then to have that psychological blow after you've come back to two-two and still get something from the game. So you'd think we go into Fulham now thinking, right, you know, business time. Uh, especially with Alan coming back in, I think. I think I said to you, you boys in the um, in the chat when I. I was having me sulk and I thought we weren't going to get anything from the match. The, probably the one positive for me is we've still be able, been able to stay more or less in the mix without Alan. And with him coming in now, we've got some really tough fixtures, but you'd think almost having our strongest 11 available, we'll be able to go into those games and get something. So I think the fact that we're, we're coming off the back of this result, this fixture, and going into those matches, hopefully everyone's feeling more optimistic and hopefully... We'll get more points out of them now than we would have if we would have lost that game. That goal was retribution for Goodison, wasn't it? Before we went into lockdown, oh, and we played yes. United, and then obviously Gilfie Sigerson was sitting on the floor and was deemed to have struck De Gea. Oh, if you remember, if you remember, yeah. Harry Maguire and all those clowns running over to running over to the ref as well. Yeah. Um, so you know that was a bit of retribution for that. Really, it would, it would have been nice if it was the winner. Yeah. I think it would have probably been a little bit unfair if we'd have probably took the game and won it. It would have been a, it would have been a bit of robbery, but great, great goal. Uh, great, you know, there was just one more chance on it. They were trying to waste time. They were bringing on subs. They were wasting time with the corner flags with the throw in, and then um, you know we had that one one last chance. Um, and basically, I think every one of us was Ben Godfrey there, weren't we? Every single one of us. I was certainly shouting that at the TV. Put it that way to the United fans and, and to the Penguin who was refereeing the game because that that. They they deserved that really. They deserved that for the fight. What you know, if Carlo Carlo said he was proud of the boys, and I think that you know that was a nice touch when he said that. But I think if you were to, again ask him privately and things like that, he, 
he, you know, he, he, he didn't really want to over-celebrate the draw either. You know what I mean? I know Dunk was obviously going nuts and we were all going nuts, but Carlo's a winner, isn't he? You know what I mean? And Carlo, I think he wants to take a team to that ground. You know, maybe next season, maybe the season after that, he wants to go there and, and win. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, wants that, he wants that to be the winner. And, and I think that is the little, the, little, the little jump we need to make, really. Like you said, Mike, we got back in at 2-2, showing no fear. And then almost that little bit of fear of losing kicked back in again, wasn't it? And it was almost like, let's drop in. We had all the momentum in the world then to keep on having a go at him. And just psychologically, we just dropped off again and just let them, let them, take, let them take the initiative. So if you're going to be super critical, that's what you'd probably say. You know, we didn't grab the ball by the horns when it was 2-2. But, you know, the lads came back and, and you know, last-minute equalisers in, in, you know, in, in a tight game like that, like Pete said, scoring three goals in the second half at Old Trafford. United are probably one of the form teams in the league at the minute. Um, you know, it, it does feel like a, a small victory. You know what I mean? And, and like you said, we can carry that, hopefully that, that wave now into, into, the, into the cup and then into Fulham. So if we, can, if we can win those next two games this week, we'll be going into two tricky games, obviously, after that with, with, a, with a load of, load of momentum and form behind us. I think for the... Sorry, go on. No, go on, mate. No, I was saying about um, about Olsen, um for the goals. I think with the the lot the lob one from Bruno, I think that's just I think you've got to put your hands on and say, you know what, that's a world class goal. I, I don't think any keeper would have saved that, you know. I don't think they would have. Um in terms of the one where he's parried out for a corner, that was that was silly. And then obviously the one where he's lost his footing um on another day, he saves that. But then you look at the second half, I think it was 47 minutes. We were still 2 0. Was it 2 0? Was it 2 1? I'm not sure. And they cut inside us. And Shaw hit that volley. Luke Shaw hit an absolute rasper. And he, he saved that panel off to the side. And then Holgate, position wise, was terrible. He slipped in Rashford. And Rashford gets in down the side. You're thinking, you're going to bury this. And he just stands tall for ages and then tips it around the post. So for me, even though Olsen made one or two mistakes, Olsen has to stay in goal for me. He has to stay in goal. I, I don't wanna I don't wanna see Pickford come back into this team. I really don't. I think Olsen commands his area better. Um I think the players off corners and set pieces are a bit more confident that Olsen's gonna come for it. It allows us to bring our defence back to a deeper position to allow Olsen to come punch it or catch it. Whereas I think if we're playing Pickford them players coming that deep, it's just like a catastrophe waiting to happen, I think, because Pickford's never going to get through all them bodies to, to come and punch that away. Um, so, yeah, I think I think Olsen, for me, has to, has to stay in goal going forward. And, you know, us getting that late goal is like a win. You know, us scoring three goals at Old Trafford now. We, there's no way we can go into Anfield that they've run that there on and not believing that we can beat them. We have to believe that we can beat them this time around. Our mentality has to be different. I think if we can get Richie in form in these next two weeks, I think we've got a really good chance. But I think Richie is massive for us. He's not, he's not firing like he should be. Yeah, there's a lot. Obviously, there's, there's, there's a few games before the derby. But it's, like you say, it, it's imperative in that time that yeah. we, we get the likes of a Charleston into some form. Um, we also make sure that we, we maintain our, our form as well. You know, we've... We've come out of some some tricky fixtures, and obviously the Newcastle game aside, you know we, we've beaten beaten Wolves away, we've drawn with Leicester, we've gone away, we've beaten Leeds, we've gone to United and zoo three all six out of seven. 
six out of seven games we've won now. Yeah, it's, it's you know, we're not doing too bad. And the, the important thing, we always say momentum is key, especially this season. We keep on saying this. If you can get, you know, a run of games where you're winning or you're unbeaten and you're ticking over and you're keeping yourself in and around those top four, those top four positions, you've got a great chance of doing something. And it's it's imperative for us to, to keep on ticking over and doing that. You know, the, the, the next game for us, obviously, which we're going to discuss now is the Spurs game. Uh, Pete, you mentioned already, Alan, obviously the chances are he's back in training. He's back training with the team. Um, so he should be fit for that game. Do you think he goes straight back in though, Pete? Do you think that we sort of risk him and throw him back in, in against a, a difficult difficult Spurs side? Or are you thinking maybe sort of keep him out until the, until the Fulham game next weekend? Well, yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd hope from interpreting the, the rumours and the, you know, the news about his, his readiness is that he's been training with the squad now for a little while. So you'd hope they've been extra cautious with him already. You know, the, the fact that they're saying he's available for Tottenham, I would take that to mean that they've been careful with him, they've kept an eye on him and he's he's up to full fitness. And for me, he goes straight in. He goes straight in because like Callum was saying, you get the most out of Corey then. And I think you get the most out of Gomez as well. I think Alan is just invaluable in terms of you know his energy, his positioning, his, his healthy aggression, his intelligence when he wins the ball back. He plays the right pass. Um, and it's it's still, for me, our performance of the season. Uh, that 1-0 away at Spurs. We looked, we just looked slick. We looked like a top-class outfit. Um, and, that, you know, that was a, a strong Spurs team that we beat. And we outplayed them. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying I, I expect exactly the same kind of performance and result again, because I think it's different context, different point in the season. But for me, he comes straight back in. Um, and I, I think he just lifts us to another level. I think with Alan, with, with Alan in that team and our first choice midfield, we can beat anyone. Yeah, and we always go back to that first game of the season. We, we, we all say the same about it's still to this day. It's, it's certainly my favourite performance of the season to this day. I know we've had a few, you know, uh, belters where we scored a lot of goals and things like that. But to sit there and watch that on that first game of the season, to see Hammers, you know, doing what Hammers does. Um, Alan Decore, boss in the midfield, Calvert-Lewin looking great, Richardson working his backside off as, as usual and, you know, looking defensively sound, you know, because I, I, that still is still the best we played this season. So going into the into the game in midweek in the FA Cup, OK, they, they've got Harry Kane back, who's, who, who, who came back against, against West Brom and, and backed himself a goal. A bit ahead of schedule, whether it was mine games from Mourinho, the fact that he was saying, oh, he, he, he might appear against Everton or Man City, one of the two. So we, he's back fit. So we know, obviously, the partnership that, that, that he and Son have is, is very, very good. Um, but, you know, you, you mentioned, obviously, Callum, you, you, you're saying about sticking with, with Olsen. Do you think that the Cup game, same situation again, Olsen keeps his place, yeah. Alan comes in, we, we, we go as strong as we possibly can against, against a very good space side? It's, it's a difficult one, but like Kisa said, uh, he's meant to have been training for a while now. Um, so it'd be different if he's just came back. You might say, you know what, just rest him. Um, but you know what, I wouldn't have any qualms with him missing this one. I, I wouldn't. I'd have confidence in the 11 that we've got now to get a result against him. I, I think Spurs are very similar to United in terms of how they how they are. In terms, of, If you look at their front line, you've got Son... Kane and then Big Wine, he's fast or, or, or more. But in terms of them, them two, um, you stop them two, you've got a chance. But then you look at the other end of the stick, 
I think defensively, they haven't been good all season. I really don't think they have. And I think that if we're going to go and beat them, we've got to be really high-intensity pressing, but really try and press them as high up the pitch as we can. I know that we're not blessed with pace at the back and we could get stung with the likes of Stone on the break, but I'd be happy with Holgate in the 1v1 against him um, or even Godfrey potentially play on the right-hand side. I mean, they're on the left to, to cover that space. Um, I think defensively, the prone to conceding from set pieces, um, the prone to giving the ball away in their own half. I think Lloris, I don't think he's he, he's prone to a mistake as well. So I think the game's definitely a winnable game with the, with the team that we've got, um, in my opinion. And I think you know it might be best to rest Alan or at least just have him on the bench in, in case we do need him. Because I think that midfield three of Gomez, um, the core, and even Sigerson, if he needs to play instead, but I thought that Tom Davis was really good against against Man United, um, that would be enough to get through the game. Yeah, and, and Spurs are a funny, a funny side, aren't they? You know, I, I think Spurs are a good side. Obviously, at, at, at times on the Mourinho, people always complain about the style of football that they play in. You know, they haven't been on, on, on a great run of form recently. Obviously, picked up three points against Allardyce's uh, West, Brom, West Brom today. But, you know, they, they, before then, they were beaten by Chelsea, Brighton, Liverpool... Um, running the cup, they do with Fulham. Uh, they've been poor in all their games, though. I thought I've watched all of their games, and I thought they've been quite sparse. I know, like, Harry Kane's back now, and he's a massive figurehead. Then he's like Calvert Lewin for us, do you know what I mean? It's, he's massive for them, but I just think I don't know. I think if we've got a game plan, a real good game plan, we can get at them and we can beat them at home. It's just a shame that obviously the crowd aren't in there because I think we definitely win then with, with a pack 40,000 stadium, to be honest. But, you know, it's, it is a big game for us. We can keep the momentum going, keep Holston in goal and get a win. You know, how far can we go this season? Top four would be great for us, wouldn't it? Mm. You, you agree with that, Lee? You go into the game full of full of positivity after, obviously, the last couple of games, you know, a, a good away win, you know, a, a good away point as well against against United. Um, do, do you think that, you know, we should be going in that game full of, full of confidence, expecting to win it? I think the Spurs game is a really interesting game, isn't it? I really do. It'd be interesting to see what what teams, uh, what both managers do as well, because obviously there's been a a pretty congested fixture list. They've obviously rushed Harry Kane back because they needed a win today, mm-hmm. massively needed a win. You know, yeah. Mourinho's lost three on the spin. Uh, I think an amazing stat I saw as well is that Mourinho that's the first time ever he's lost two home games in a row in 20 years of management. Yeah, which is absolutely incredible stat that. Um, but yeah, they're not the same team when Kane's not playing. They're not the same team at all. The way no. they've util- utilised Kane this season has been—I um, think it's been good. You know, he's picked up a load of goals, a load of assists. He's been dropping into that sort of, uh, sort of almost Teddy Sheringham role, hasn't he? Just dropping yeah. in, playing some nice balls in. Son's benefited it from, from it massively. I watched a couple of games that Harry playing. Son doesn't look anywhere near the same player. No. Son's a player that loves to run in behind, loves to run into space. And obviously, if no one's picking him out, they look really ordinary. I mean, Brighton absolutely battered him. It could have yeah. been three or four nil. That it wasn't just a one nil scrape. You know, Brighton absolutely battered him. Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. It'd be interesting to see if he plays Kane Mourinho as well. You know, what's his ambition? And I know he obviously he likes the FA Cup. He's won it in the past with Chelsea and that. But you know, is he going to is he going to put a full strength team out? They've got City at the weekend. You know what I mean? So. What's he deem more important here? Is he deem more important to try and finish as high as possible in the league or, or you know, win the FA Cup? So 
I think Carlo will go pretty strong. I think he might play Alan, use that game to play and maybe give him 50, 60 minutes, maybe, just to get him a bit of legs in him, see how his injury you know, is, is holding up. Yeah. Um, or he might bring him on for 20 minutes, half an hour. Um, yeah, he'll definitely give him some minutes, I think. Um, but I want you know, a quick mention to his deputy while he's been out, Davis, in the games he has played. Yeah, I thought I thought he's played really, really well. You know, yeah. again, he's he's looking he's looking like he's playing with a bit of confidence. We've said it a million times on this podcast. When Tom keeps the game simple, that's when he plays his best football. Yeah. You know, he's got a bit of aggression in him, likes to put his foot in. You know, when he does when he does keep you know get the ball, he tends to keep it when he's playing well. Uh, and he, he played really well in that United game. So it'd be interesting to see what he goes with. But I do think I do think we should you know regardless of what teams are put out. The form that Spurs are in, and obviously the buoyancy we've got now from going in, going in on the back of that result, we should beat him. We should beat him, uh, and then we're into the quarters, aren't we? If we get through, um, so like, let, let fingers crossed we get through in that game. It's like you said, daily. You know, in terms, of, I don't know what Tottenham's fixtures are, um, but I'm just looking at ours now, and obviously the games that we've got, we've got four games in ten days. Exactly. Four games and they're no easy games, them neither. So we've got um, Spurs and then Fulham. Fulham. Four days later, Fulham. Three days later, City. And then Liverpool on the 20th. It's like, how much is Carlo going to have to maybe rotate as well in terms of, of, and obviously try and get results in them games? But they're four tough games, them. Massive. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be massive rotation. And he's, you know, Carl's already alluded to the fact that there's going to be a rotation. Um, yeah. What did he say? Either a player doesn't play well in the previous game, or they need a rest. That's why why he changes things. So there's certainly going to be so going to be some changes. Um, and I expected a few for the Spurs game as well. I do think Arsenal probably keep his place. To be honest with you, I think they're not going to sort of rush rush Jordan Pickford back. Um, yeah. Alan, <laughs> Alan, I come in. I don't know. I mean, it's. I think. I think a lot of people sort of raise raise their eyebrows when we saw that Pickford was a, a being uh, announced as being injured with it with a rib injury. I, I heard a couple of days earlier that he he was injured. So how? But I heard it with his back. So how how true it is, or whether the club are leaking things and just to sort of give him a little bit of time away. Carl was very good, isn't he? As as we've already said about this man management style of things. Um, so who knows? Maybe she's been taken out of the out of the. Uh, the fire for a little bit, but I do think also keepers keepers spots. It's important for any position, you know. That you you do play consistent games and consecutive games, and goalkeeper probably more important than any to, to get some kind of form form together. Um, but tough game regardless. Spurs on the day can you know they can beat beat any side on the day. Spurs depends what who turns up. But like 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 you said, Lee, there's going to be changes in that first side. That's for sure. We we, we might see a Aside, you know, closer to what they, they played against Marine than what 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 we saw against West Brom. Just don't know. Um, but let, let's have the predictions before we briefly discuss Fulham. Uh, if we can do Pete prediction for the uh, FA Cup, I'll go for hard fought one nil win. No, <laughs> Callum doesn't agree. <laughs> Callum, no, he's just robbed. He's just robbed me. Me about the score. I was going to say that. I was going to say one nil myself. You can still have it. Um. No, I'll go. I'll go different. I'll go. Um, I'll go two one Everton. Godfrey winner. Oh, are we? Are we? Are. Lee, Lee had that. 
No, I think it'll be, I think it'll be a tight game. I think I, we don't know what the teams are going to be, but I, I do think we should have enough to beat them. So I think I think we'll edge it. I think we'll edge it two one as well. Yeah, I'm I'm going three two. I'm going goals. Um, I think it'd be a decent game. I think I think I say change for both sides. Probably Spurs a little bit more of an alien side than than what we're used to with Spurs um, than what we're going to play. You know, you'd expect like a Calvert Lewin to to be playing. Probably a Wobie will probably come back in. Maybe take Richardson out of there. Maybe King might might get a bit of a run. You just you know, I think yeah. he looked quite bright against United. Did did a couple of nice nice little bits and pieces. Won the free kick for the goal, the third goal, and also did that nice little bit of skill down left hand side as well to beat a couple of players before. That's so might be, be might be time to give him a bit bit of a go. Yeah. So I, I think we win the game three two. You know, be be a decent game for the. Uh, for the neutral, that's for sure. But mo- most important thing is obviously we, we we get through and keep the confidence going into into the Fulham game. Um, I'm Fulham. Yeah, what's what's Fulham? Sorry, mate. Sorry, just on, just on Spurs. Um, they've got obviously four games in eleven days. You've got City after us, but you've also got Wolfsburg, you know, in the Europa League. So they could be. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Isn't that? The thing is, it's busy for a lot of sides at the moment, but those sides who are obviously in Europe with, with uh, European football kicking off again, it's it, it's even even probably worse for them. So it could play into our hands, you know, it, it, it really could. Um, but it, in terms of Fulham, just going back to that, um, I watched Fulham against against West Ham um, this weekend, and I, I, Fulham are a decent set. Hi, Adi, you know we. We we saw them when we beat them uh, at the start of the season, and um, we looked great, didn't we, for the for the first the first half, and then as yeah. you know, we sort of uh, went a little bit defensive, and it almost cost us. But you look at look at that Fulham side. I don't think they're, they're a bad outfit at all, really. I think you know they got some players there. They got pace. We we know what 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 Luckman's all about. Um, you know, the likes of Mitrovic, he was you know what they their central striker last season in the championship and he was revered by the fans and he can't get a look in really can he at the moment. Yeah. Um it's a decent it's a decent side. It's a decent side, I think. And you know, I'm not saying they're that they're, they're going to stay up, but certainly going to cause us some problems, Callum, I think anyway. Yeah, I've I've watched a lot of the games as well. And if you look at the games, you know, I watched them against the in Spurs away, um where they scored a late goal. I think Luckman done um Sanchez on the outside, whipped it in, he scored one one. Um, they deserve to probably win that game. They were really good. Um, they got beat one 0 by Chelsea. They only had ten men. Um, they drew with West Ham at the weekend. You know they're not a bad side. They're not getting. They're not turning up every weekend. Getting walloped like West Brom and Albion are. You know they're, they're getting beat one nil, two ones. It's going to be a difficult game, but it's probably a game where it might suit us better because they they commit a lot of players forward, and I think with the position that they're in now, they have got to win games. I, I think draws are no good for them. So, yeah, on paper, you think Scott Park might go, oh, a draw against Everton is really good. But then in hindsight, he knows that he needs three. Because the likes of now, Burnley, Brighton, Newcastle, they're all winning games. The gap's getting bigger and bigger. So I think the Fulham game will be tough, but I think it will suit us, I think, a lot more in terms of our style. Yeah, the the thing with, with Fulham, as you mentioned there, but obviously needing to win the game. They're, they're sitting at the moment eight points behind Burnley. Burnley are picking up. It's along the way, aren't they? But Fulham haven't won a game in Brighton thinking in the last eleven, uh, which is some run. A lot of draws in that. Don't get me wrong. And, they, and yeah. like you said, Callum, they've been they've been tight in a lot of those games as well. Um, yeah. But they, they haven't been picking up 
picking up wins. So it's one of those, isn't it, where I'm sure we'll see it over the course of this week, having the fans saying, you know, what's coming next? Yeah. Games, come to go to some park, I'll pick up three points. But, you know, it, it's it's not a bad side for me. And it, it's I still think people should be going in there showing them, uh, you know, quite a bit of respect and, you know, ma- making sure we, we don't go in there thinking just because they're sitting 18th in the table, they're, they're going to be a walkover. Yeah, no, of course. I mean, it, it's a cliche, isn't it? It's cheesy to say, but there's no easy game in the Premier League. Um, and you're right, they haven't won in, in, what is it, 11 games, 12 games. But I think the game they did win, the last win, was against Leicester City, 2-0. So, again, another cliche, the first goal is so important. They go ahead first, it will cause us all manner of problems because then they'll just look to sit back, yeah. low block, soak it up. Pressure's on us to get something from the game. Um Really, they're a striker short of staying up, aren't they? They, they absolutely battered West Ham. Again, I hate to say it, they, they battered a very good West Ham side. If they've got a decent striker in that team, if they've got a yeah. finisher, they win. Um, yeah. And that, that's probably going to be the difference between staying up and going down. That They played very, very good football, um, but ultimately haven't, uh, haven't got games over the line. So I'm hoping that we'll have far too much for them and we'll be too good defensively for them. We'll get the first goal, and we'll we won't make the mistakes we made when we last played them, um, which, as you say, was to you know to try and sit back on the lead. I think it's important that we keep attacking, we keep going for it, um, we look to exploit the weaknesses. Yeah, and I think if if I want to sort of you know jump ahead a little bit there, I think the these are the kind of games for me that. We need to be winning, you know. I know we're showing progression against sides in and around us. Of course, you know it's uh, we've picked up points against a lot of those sides this season, whether it be you know Spurs, Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool. You know we, we, we're picking up points, Man United, of course. But these are the games that, and we've seen it already this season, haven't we? Where we, we've approached certain games against sides that we should be beating, especially at home. You know, the likes of West Ham, Leeds, Newcastle, most recently. And we've been dropping stupid points and you know, getting beaten silly, silly games where we basically just haven't turned up, you know, and, and we, we, we perform very, very flat. And, you know, maybe we're finding it a bit easier to get up for the games against the better sides. Maybe that's our motivation with there being no fans in the ground. Um, but, you know, this is, this is one of those games where if we want to be challenging, looking ahead, you know, for the top six, um, top four, it's not out of the question. Make no mistake, they've got games in hand, not out of the question at all. But if we want to, if we want to show we, we are real challenges for that, we've definitely, definitely, definitely got to win against Fulham. And for me, look comfortable in doing so as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, Carlo, old Carlo will be talking to you about in the, pre, in the pre-match, and it is like Newcastle, isn't it? You know, we can't afford to go into that game with any sort of complacency whatsoever. No. Um, you know, Fulham have got some talented players. We've ju- you guys have just said it yourselves there. You know, um, I like like that Anguissa in midfield. I really like him. Good player, talented. Got a really good keeper, Ariola. Again, someone that we should possibly look at on our shortlist in the summer. Um, you know, Luckman's look really, really lively for him. That Robinson um, left back, Robinson. Robinson left back, obviously. Uh, unfortunately, the lad lost out on his move to Milan. Yeah. Um, but. Um, no, they've got some talented players. They have got some talented players. Loftus-Cheek, you know, starting to get fitter, talented player. Um, and it was a really good game at their place, wasn't it? You know, it was 3-2, yeah. wasn't it? It was a really tight game. Uh, we just about nicked it in the end. So, 
Um, they'll they'll be coming like you said, Callum. You know, they can't afford to draw any games. They're going to attack teams that make suiters. Um, you know, it's we, we do need we do need to not you know not be too complacent and go in there with the right attitude because you know we've got two tough games after that. Um, yeah. And you know, we have to be you know we have to try and stay as much as we can in the mix. We've thrown away a few points this season, but so have a lot of teams. And we've just got to make sure when it comes to the sort of last last sort of 10 or so games uh, that we're still still in the mix there and in with the shout because anything can happen. You know what I mean? Um, it only takes a, a couple of teams to lose some of their best players as Spurs have shown recently. Yeah. And you can go on a bad run of results. Um, Chelsea is starting to look like a bit, you know, like he's getting a bit of a tune out of him. Um, Chelsea's squad is ridiculous. You look at their bench. I mean, oh, yeah. they had over, what, two or 300 million quids worth of talent on the bench every day. So, um, yeah, we should we should have enough. We should have enough to beat them. Uh, they're not great defensively, um, so I I, I, do, I do think if providing we turn up mentally and not take the game for granted, I think we should win that game. Super. You have to look at the the second half of the season now as well. It's like it's harder, I think, than what the first part of the season was. Should we not play Man City last game of the season this year? Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. Yeah. How big a game could that be? Bloody hell. I'm open City won't be bad, like to be fair. Um but yeah, I think, you know, we've got to keep winning games. And I think this is the the, the frustration for me as, as a fan is that you know, the games like away at Leicester, we've won that, we beat Leeds away, and then banana skin get beat against Newcastle. You know, they're the games that you've got to be winning. If you want them to get top four, you can't afford to go on that run of beating all them really good teams and then losing or drawing to the Leicester teams because end of the season comes. It's massive. It could be the difference between fourth and fifth. You lost out on two points because you know you've got done by Newcastle at home two 0 So it is a massive game because I think Fulham really is. I think if we can get over the line um, in these next four games, have a little breather, then we can kick on them in the next remainder of the season. Yeah, totally, totally, guys. I mean, like you say, you know, after after these these four games, uh, so obviously Tottenham, Fulham. Uh, Liverpool and Man City. Mm. We've got Southampton, Chelsea to come. Um, Tottenham playing the league, Arsenal, uh, Man City. The little break though was the little break between like a nine-day break between them games though from the Southampton one. We have a little break. Yes, yeah. Well, no, Southampton game is is on a Monday, and then we play Chelsea on the Saturday. But there's a we've we've obviously got the the derby on a on a Saturday. We've got then a break until. A week the following Monday, yeah, so there's yeah. a bit of a gap between the derby yeah. and Southampton, yeah. So it's yeah. important, obviously, we use that to our advantage. We'll course. probably play Villa. Let's possibly play Villa in it in that oh, yeah, game to catch up. Yeah, we'll probably play Villa it's in probably, the week then, won't we? Yeah. No, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. So that'll be that break gone. But uh, let's let's have our predictions before we round the show off. Pete Fulham, what are we saying? Solid two 0 win. Callum. Is Pete like Darren Brown today, is he? He's like, <laughs> Callum's going to say 2-0. <laughs> um, I'm going to go, I'll go 2-1. I'll go 2-1. 2-1. Lee? Yeah, Luffman goal, Luffman goal, Goodison Park. Of course. I think it'll be similar to their, their, uh, their place. I think it'll be goals. I think it'll be 3-2. Yeah. So I think we'll open up a little bit against them as well. I don't think we'll obviously sit off. I think we'll 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 try and score. You know, especially if Allen's fit and he's got his first choice midfield fit, where he can afford to be a bit more expansive. I think he will do that. Um, 
And I think, um, you know, we came and stuck a little bit in Newcastle trying to do that, but we didn't have Alan playing in midfield, did we? So um, I think uh, I think we'll do that. I think we'll I think it'll be three two. Three two. I'm I'm going goals as well. I, I think I think three one. It'll be an open open game. Uh, like Callum said earlier on, could could suit us certainly. Um, probably go back to a little bit of how, how we were at the start of the season. You know, those all those games where we were. We're shipping a few, but we were, we were scoring more. So I, I think we win the game three one, um, and, and obviously keep that push going into into those those European places. Um, but this week we're going to round the show off with a little bit of a new segment, um, and, I, and I can't wait for this because a lot of things annoy me, and I know the lads when it comes to modern day football. Uh, but our guest is going to be the first one to, to bring to the table something to get in the top bin. So it's Room 101 style. Callum's going to present to us now what he wants from modern football to get in the top bin. It's sort of that. Um, it's been obviously winding me up ever since I started watching it. Um, and I was watching the game the other week. And I had to, like, at one point I thought my ears were bleeding. Um, <laughs> I heard the commentator pronounce Andre Gomez as Andre Gomez. <laughs> every time we got the ball and it's BT commentary needs to get in the bin because it's absolutely shocking <laughs> so it's not, it's not to, to be fair mate the correct what? pronunciation I think it is Gomesh oh well it doesn't get it anyway it doesn't get <laughs> and this Charlie's son was it, like a big massive yeah, yeah. Ma- Keown, Steve McManaman I don't know why they commentate on our games I think <laughs> Martin Keown played for Evan for years and he's just anti Everton. He just absolutely hates us. Savage against Leicester City in the game with Andre Gomes. Um, crying in Leicester goals every two minutes. Oh, loves Leicester. He just hammered us in terms of the way we were playing. And I just I can't listen to BT commentary. <laughs> That's the goal in the bin. I have to turn it off. Can't do it. It's funny because um, I, I, we tweeted there about obviously doing this segment for the first time. And Anthony Child, one of the our followers on Twitter, mentioned. This sort of very thing in regards to the likes of uh, Keown, for example, and the, these co co commentators, uh, more so ex ex Liverpool because they're, they're everywhere, aren't they? They're like uh, like 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 flies around the, the proverbial, you, you know what? Um, they're all over, whether it's BT, Sky, Amazon, all, all that. But yeah, the, the I think it was Paul Dempsey, wasn't it? Was doing the commentary where we got it uh, on Zay Gomez, and like Lee said, it's probably the right pronunciation, but the fact that he then put some accents on Richarlison's name as well to, to try and make it uh, sound even more exotic it was absolutely absolutely comical. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean the the, the the comments the comments you know across the board. I think at times I think you know some of them get it okay. Uh, I don't think some of them are, are too bad. But I think I think yeah I think I think BT for me has got to be up there with some of the worst commentary I've ever heard. You know, and 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 I'm probably going to go on about. Uh, McManaman and Fletch probably oh. need to, to be more to be more more specific. Pete's nodding away there. He knows what I'm on about. You know, what's all you hear all sudden game, isn't it? So about bloody Fletch. And and sniffling down a microphone is another one. <laughs> Absolutely. It's he's got a cold every every single time he's commentating. He's always got a cold. You know, it's like, gee, you know, well, yeah, I'm with you. Pete, are you on board with this? Is this this going in the uh, going the top bin or what? Yeah, all the way in. All the way in, all of the above. B- BT commentary is like Red Men TV. 
<laughs> it's terrible. I've, I've never seen anything more biased in my life. They, they, they can't wait for us to lose. And was, was it was it after the last time we won when we were on BT? They put the score up wrong. Oh yeah, it was. Oh, the Leeds game. Leeds game. Yeah. 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 That's how bad it is. <laughs> we always talk about this media agenda, don't we? But listen, it's alive and kicking in some way, shape, or form. It's alive. It's alive and kicking. You know. Um, Lee, Lee, are you are you on board with this? Because we've got we've got to vote it in or out. You know, obviously Callum's Callum's voted it well in. Pete's totally on board. I'm Pete's definitely on board. Are we going for a full house or what? Yeah, hundred percent, mate. It? It's got to be, isn't it? I mean, they can't help themselves. They're so biased, on it. especially Manaman's the worst. I mean, the guy's yeah. obviously desperate for work. He's on. He's co-commentating on every single game, isn't he, Macca? Yeah, I mean, he's in Barcelona away in Europe one minute, then he's at Goodison, then he's away again. He's just like. Yeah, um, we know that. I think I think it is the current correct pronunciation. Sorry, Callum. I had a Portuguese housemate at uni. Yeah. Um, and uh, he used to, he used to pronounce like you know the Portuguese names very differently, like Ronaldo and stuff like that. You know, and people like that. So it's a very uh, very different that, language that, for Portuguese. Uh, for Portuguese. The commentator was was Portuguese, and like that type of thing. <laughs> he was just trying to put it on, just to extra like intelligence. It's just not happening. <laughs> said he does it a lot. Said he does it a lot, and I let him off because he corresponds out there. Tim Vickery in South America, he does yeah. it a lot as well. He comes on the BBC, and then he'll obviously like he'll talk like we are now, and then suddenly throw in a bit of Portuguese, like in terms of like the players, the players. Uh, but you'll have to let him off because he spends he lives out in Brazil. Don't yeah, you? yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think Maca lives out there or anyone else. Um, <laughs> but um, but no, that, it's got to go in the bin. That and it. I mean, that's 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 a definite bin. <laughs> Hundred percent. I, I think I think that's that's probably going to be one of the most obvious top bins that we've that we've uh, we're going to have until the end of the season. That's for sure. Pete said he's got a list of fifty. He sold us before, so we, we we look forward to hearing hearing all of them. You know, you know, with, with Pete and his pet hate. Um, but Callum, absolutely brilliant, mate. Loved uh, loved the chat today, and appreciate you coming on. Yeah, being top again, boys. Nice one for having me on, and um, hopefully when we do it again, we're sitting third in the league. Two games to go. <laughs> let's 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 hope so, mate. And let's let's hope it's uh, it's in person sooner rather than later yeah, as well. Definitely, yeah, definitely. As, yeah, as, thanks as for coming on, mate. To... Just out of interest, Callum, where are you in the fantasy league, Sam? I'm catching you up. I know that. I, I was like, I think I was 60, 66th, um, and I think I'm up to fifth now. Have you, mate? That's good work, that. Yeah. So, um, but a few tough games coming up. So I've used. I think I've used me three hits and I've used me, me me last wild card, but I've got me bench boost um and me triple cap left. So my team's looking quite solid to be honest. But we need to have a little wager here, mate. We need to have a little side bet. No, I think side I think you, I think you were like ninety points ahead of me, but I think it's like forty seven points now or something like that, or forty points or something like that. So it's close, like but there's some good players in that in that game, like so it just each week is different, isn't it? It's um you know, once one week he'll get a bad score, and like I, I left Carver Loon on the bench this week. I think you did as well. He's got pretty no, tough. I know, mate. I know. Schoolboy error. That didn't trust my own team there against United. But I've got three forwards. You see, I so it's that hard to pick who to bench yes. or the bench midfielder, and decide to bench a forward. It's, it's bit me really. So the bench Grealish. But um, yeah, going all right. These two boys, these two boys, we're in for. Who's getting relegated? Are you two relegation dogfight here between these two? Here? Um. I don't know. I think it's I think it's Pete, isn't it? He's doing all right. Pete's doing it. Yeah, he always yeah, does all right. I'm all right. Pushing for the other team places. 
like what are you, mate? You're definitely relegation dogfight, aren't you? I, I can't find my name on the list. That's how bad it is. <laughs> <laughs> You're checking it there, weren't you, as well? I've just, yeah, I've, just, I've just seen it, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm definitely making making strides, though, compared to where I was. I'm, I'm making a late, a late run for uh, mid-table, that's for sure. Uh, that's that's my aim anyway. You know, uh, we don't we don't all sit there for the quid, whole week. Four hundred quid, quid winnings for the uh, for the shot, wasn't it? For the Everton shot. Think, yeah, not, not yeah, not if you win it, there won't be. That's for sure. <laughs> so yeah, you you you'll be getting a buddy uh, a plain fruit of the loom white t-shirt, and I'll write <laughs> your name on it and unholy Saturday podcast. That's what you'll be getting. <laughs> well, well, I love no. <laughs> but all, all those who are taking part in the fantasy league, obviously Lee's only brought it up because he's top of it. If you haven't gathered that already, so that'll be the last time you mention it until the end of the season. Um, so we, we, we'll leave that one there. But thanks everyone for for tuning in this week. We'll be back next weekend to look back on on Spurs and the FA Cup and Fulham, and then look ahead to Manchester City and also the the Merseyside derby. So we'll catch you there. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues, three opinions, one Everton podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.